I don't know about you, but as we've been going through this series on the Beatitudes, I've come to the realization, I must admit, that my whole life I had been reading and interpreting the Beatitudes wrong. I had been reading it through a wrong lens. I've been all off with my interpretation of it. And here's why. As I've been reading it, I've read it as if it were a shout out to certain people. I read it as, as, as if it was just for the anomalies of the world, just the super holy people who've been holding it down. And Jesus is talking to them and Jesus is like, hey, shout out to the peacemakers. Anytime I read that part where it said, bless all the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. I used to think like, man, shout out to the peacemakers. That, that must mean like shout out to people like Martin Luther King. Shout out to the people like Mother Teresa. Shout out to like Gandhi and them. Like, man, they, those, those the peacemakers right there, man. Shout out to them. They don't got nothing to do with me. And then I would go and I would read where it says, bless all the meek. I'm like, man, I don't even know what meek mean. But shout out to those people. They must be amazing. And then it said, it said, bless all the persecuted. Listen, all I knew was persecuted was something that I did not want. So I said, I don't know, I want no parts of that, but shout out to the people that's out there. And I, that's, that's the way I would read the Beatitudes. Was it just me? It, it might have been just me. I'd be a little off sometimes. But as I read and as I begin to understand it more, I recognize the Beatitudes just wasn't this shout out to the, to the greats. It wasn't just a shout out to, to, to Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa. The Beatitudes were a declaration. It was, it was God coming down and saying, hey, if you call yourself a disciple, this is how you should be living your life. This is the way me, God, establishes my kingdom here on earth when my people who will say they follow me, my people who are my disciples, when they decide to live their lives in this way, they will be blessed here on earth. And so with that in mind, I was forced to look at the beatitude I'm going to speak on today in a new way. Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 8. It says this. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Can y'all read that with me? Just repeat after me, actually. We tried this in the first service, and everybody was saying it in different pockets. So just repeat after me. Say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Y'all had a lot of energy. I like that. We don't got to say that again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As I read that, I found myself struggling a bit. I'm like, God, should I focus on the fact that you said blessed are the pure in heart? And what does it mean to be pure in heart? Or should I focus on the part where you said they will see God? Like, what does it mean to actually see God? Why is this important to me? Why do I even care to be pure in heart? Why do I want to be part of this crew? And as I begin to study a little more, God began to show me. He said, CJ, I want you to talk through both of them. And I want you to show how both of these are connected. So I want to start with the pure in heart. Allow me to start with the pure in heart. The pure in heart, as I read through it, I recognize there may be a little dilemma with, the, with, the, with, this, with this pure in heart part. The pure in heart may be a dilemma in this generation, in this culture, because we have a culture that glorifies what happens and what, look, what things look like on the outside. When we're in a culture where Instagram is glorified, 
We live, we live in a culture where how you look and how you come off outside is glorified. God says those who see God has something that's going on on the inside. I want to tell you that what's happening on the inside matters. You can come out and you can put on your best face. You can look as pretty as you want to look. But God said, for a second, I wish this generation, young people, I wish you would prioritize what God prioritizes. Not what gets you the applause. Not, we, we, they got this saying, they say, you know people just do stuff for the gram. They just do it for the gram. And I love, and I love Jesus because Jesus is, is talking to people. But in this crowd, you got some Pharisees in there. And the Pharisees love to just do it for the gram. The Pharisees love to make sure people saw them, make sure people knew who they were. And so those who don't know the Beatitudes were kind of just like this introduction to this long sermon Jesus gave. And in, the, and in this sermon, he starts, Jesus goes in and starts talking, talking about fasting. He said, when you fast... Come on, don't, 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 don't come out with, with your face dry and put on like dirty clothes and make, and make everyone know you're fasting. He said, no, 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 like do that, like do that in private. Do that in private. Don't, don't do it for the people to see. He said, and when you give, don't pull out your phone and say, look at me. I'm doing this for the gram so everyone can see me. He said, no, 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 don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do that in private. And then he starts talking about prayer. He said, and when you pray, don't stand out loud. In the middle of the, of, the, of, the, of the circle praying so everyone can see you? He said, no, 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 no. Pharisees, like, go behind closed doors and pray. Your father who sees what's done in private will reward you publicly. He says, if you, if you go out and do it for the public, if you go out and do it for the gram, he said, you already received your reward. You know them little likes that y'all get? Young people, the little likes you get when you post your picture of the money team? But you really ain't got it like that. You, you know the little likes you got? God said, go ahead and enjoy that because that's your reward already. And so many times we, we exchange a heavenly reward for an earthly award. God is like, I got something that's so much better for you, but I need you to focus on the inside. My wife who I brought up, we've been, we, we've been together for quite a while. And I remember when we first started dating, she and her crew was in this whole makeup exper experimental phase. They just wanted to like experiment with makeup and it was all type of experiments coming out. I was like, man, and I, and I, and I'm, listen, I, I'm a little more mature now. So I say things a little, she said, praise God. And my, my wife is saying the same thing, praise God. So I say things now with a little more grace than I said it back then. I'm, I'm a little wiser, and I'll give y'all the, 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 the graceful phrase so y'all don't start judging me. I said, babe, you know, I'm cool with makeup. It's just, when you do the makeup, can you just, like, just, just make sure, like, it just, like, enhances, like, what God already got there. You know what I mean? Just, just make sure it just complements the swag already. I don't need you just coming out looking like a whole new person. I, I don't want to date a transformer. Like, just, like, just. And she was good with it. She was like, she like, nah, baby, I don't, I, don't, I don't like makeup like that anyway. That's all my friends. And I'm like, thank God. Because y'all know sometimes, and, and listen, listen, listen. If you wear makeup, I'm not talking about nobody in the room, so please. 
please, no, no emails, please. Makeup is fine. I'm cool with it. I'm married to one person. But there was it, like the, the makeup you put on them, and then, and then they have like these TikToks. There's like these TikToks that, TikToks that they have where it's like in 20 seconds a person goes from looking like Michael Jackson thriller to Beyonce. She said, yeah. And then people in the comments, and they like, man, I did not see that coming. I'm like, yo, it's crazy out here. But this is what happened. We got a generation that, that knows how to make the outside look good while the inside is crumbling. You ever seen a person who don't wear that much makeup, but you see their skin, and their skin is like glowing, and it's just looking good, and you like, yo, what is your skincare routine? And they like, oh, it's just water. I just been drinking water. And you like, okay, water. I see you, water. And all that they're saying is, is that the water is something that's coming from the inside of them that you can now begin to see on the outside. And I believe with all my heart that God wants this generation to be a generation that will put down the makeup and pick up the water so that the inside can start permeating on the outside. Pure in heart. Pure in heart. And so, and so with this idea of pure and focusing on the inside, I begin to ask God, like, like, what does, like, how does one become pure? What does it look like to have a pure heart? And as I'm looking at it and as I'm studying it, I found myself struggling with, like, two different things again. I found myself on one end asking, is pure in heart something that's all God? Is it something that's strictly left up to God? There's scriptures in the Bible as I go through, as a matter of fact, David prayed in Psalms. David prayed to God. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So I'm like, all right, I know, I know it is a part God plays. But then as I read further, I read in James chapter 4, where it says, to wash your hands and purify your hearts. You wash your hands. You purify your hearts. So I found myself like, is it? Is it all God or is it all me? And I, and I, and I realize that it's 100% God and 100% you. See, God, God has this purification process where he prunes you. He cuts you. He makes you fruitful. He'll clean you up. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll make you white as snow is what the scripture says. Like, that's what God will do. But what happens is sometimes we get comfortable after God did what he did. And after we get comfortable, we stop coming to him. We stop coming. Like, I got, I got a barber. Is Joe in the building? Shout out to Joe. Joe, I go see Joe. I go get my hair cut every week. Once a week. Mostly because I have an issue. And I'll admit that, and I'm fine with it. Listen, I'm getting better. It used to be two times a week. Hashtag growth. We getting better. I go see Joe every week. Joe don't even have to put me on a schedule. I'm already in there. I just pull up, and I'm going to be on time. And some people ask me, like, 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 why do you do that? And it's because, listen, if I go to Joe one time and he cut me up and I look good, at some point that's going to fade away. At some point... I need to make it my business to get in his chair again. Because if I don't get in his chair again, I'm going to look like 
God is helping me. God is helping me. It's important to get in the chair again. And so what happens is, sometimes what happens is we, we God, God cleans us up, and we get comfortable, and God is like, I, I need you to, to, come, to come in again. Come see me again. As a matter of fact, David says, David says, creating me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. There's another one where David says, how can a young man keep his heart pure, keep his way pure by keeping it according to God's word? How can a young man keep? Somebody say keep. So one more time, say keep. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to God's word? That keeping, it's that keeping. How do you get, like, God will get you pure, but if you want to keep pure, there's the living a certain way that has to happen. If you want to stay pure, there's a return to his face that has to happen. If you want to stay clean, God said, God said, I'll get you clean, but I need you to come back and visit. Don't just make it a one-time thing and you think you're good. He says, the pure in heart, blessed are they, for they will see God. So I found myself looking at it again, like, what does it mean to see God? What does it mean to see God? And as I, again, as I studied the scriptures, I see a lot of scriptures with seeing God and access to God with a pure heart. Excuse me, with a pure heart and access to God are directly correlated. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 8, as we've been reading, it says, Bless all the pure in heart, for they will see God. But in Psalm 24, it says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. James 4 says this. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Once again, we see pure in heart and nearness and closeness to God correlated. In Psalm 51, it says this. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It says, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. May I suggest to you that see God simply meant to be granted access to God. To be granted access to the fullness of God. All of who God is. All of his peace. All of his joy. All of his mercy. All of his grace. All of his forgiveness. All of his strength. All of his power. All of his stamina. All of his divine provision. To be the fullness of God. God says the, it's the pure in heart that will be granted access. You'll be able to go up. I don't know about you. That made me think a few times. It's like, why... Well, like, what's the importance of this? What's the importance of this access to God? Like, I've been, well, I, I don't know. Sometimes we get cocky. Sometimes I get cocky. Like, you know what? I feel like I feel like I've been doing fine without him. I like, I, I feel like, and this is when God reminds me. God is like, it's not, it's not about your want. Like, 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 should I want access to God? It's a realization, a deep realization of our need to be in contact with God. I tell people, I told them in the first service, I said, listen, I can't be the husband to my wife God wants me to be if I don't have access to God. I can't be the father to my kids the way God wants me to father my kids if I'm not in God's presence. I can't be the pastor, the leader, the mentor, the coach that God called me to be if I'm not in the presence of God. What do you think you can do without the presence of God? Where, where, where have you indirectly, indirectly said, God, I'm good? God, I, I don't, 
God, 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 I'll figure it out. I told him, I said, I remember when I was working in J.P. Morgan Chase and CBS. I was doing project management, IT. God knows I had no idea what I was doing. I ain't have no degree. I ain't have nothing. And I, favor, she said favor. <laughs> Amen. I, I got in, I, 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 got, I got the job and, I, and I'm working and I quickly realized like I am unqualified for this. I have no idea what I'm doing. People coming to me asking questions. They're like, CJ, they didn't call me CJ, they called me Roland. They're like, Roland, we need this Excel sheet and pivot tables. Who here know how to do pivot tables? And I see, oh, she said, okay. All right, we got a few pivot table people. I could have used you, thank you. They said, pivot tables, Excel, she's like, like, we need you. And I'm just looking at them. I'm like, God, I had no idea what I'm doing. And so this is what I did. It forced me every day. I would go home every day. As I woke up, before I got into the office, I would literally get on my knees, and God is my witness. He knows I'm not lying. I would get on my knees, head on my bed, and I start praying. I say, God, I have no idea what I'm doing in this position. I need your help. I need you to help me get through this. Just give me wisdom and just help me to do it. It was a simple prayer. It didn't seem that powerful, but let me tell you what happened. I would get up and I would go to work, and as I'm there, it just seems like all of a sudden, like, literally, it's like divine help would come. People would come up to me, and I'm like, oh, CJ, you know, the Excel sheet. Do you know how to do that? I'm like, can you just show me a little bit? I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll show you. And I'm like, CJ, like, you need to get this report in. And, and it just seems like supernaturally. If I could explain it to you, I would. This is the best way I could tell you. It's something that happens when you call on God. It's something that happens when you get in his presence. If, if I could leave you with anything... I want to encourage you, run to him. What is it that you're struggling with? What is it that you feel like, like you're unqualified for? God got you there for a reason. God said the end of your strength is the beginning of his. Tap in. Tap in. And sometimes we look for God's provision to come in certain ways. And I'm going off a little bit, but I feel like somebody in this room may need it. Sometimes we look for God's provision in certain ways. God said, don't limit the way he could provide for you. Don't, don't, don't limit. Some, sometimes we look for God's provision only in forms of money or only in forms of food. God said, what if I want to give you divine strategy? What if I want to give you divine stamina? What if I want to give you divine perspective? See, that, those, those are ways that God provides that sometimes we discount. God is like, I'm, no, 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 I, I, I want to show you just how much the lengths I would go to provide for you. But you must get in his presence. It's a must. And can I tell you what happens? As you get into his presence because you notice that you need it, something happened in my heart, and I don't want to put it on you. Maybe I'll just talk for me. But something began to happen in my heart when I'm like, God, this is, this is more than a need. God, as David prayed. Don't ever take your spirit from me. God, God, now I got a desire for your spirit. God, now I got a desire for your, pre your presence. I want to be here. I need to be with you. And so now, and I want to encourage as many of you as possible to do this, my schedule every day. I have time set aside to get in the presence of God because I, 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 I not only need it, but I, I want it. I desire it. 
And I just want to encourage you. I don't know what your schedule looks like. But can I, can I encourage you to just set some time? If you don't have a specific time, find a time. Find a time. Get it on your schedule. Get your alarm set. You set alarms for everything else. Set an alarm to get in the presence of God. And I'm not just talking like, like please. Because sometimes we come to church and we hear the message, you be like, ah, oh, that's, just, that's just church talk. That's just, he's just talking, you know, he's a, he's a pastor. I'm CJ. Allow me to just talk to you as CJ. A person who has experienced what it means and what my life looks like to be in the presence of God. I just want to encourage you from there, please. Set some time aside to get in his presence. There's been times where I wanted to get in God's presence, and I'm going to go back to this beatitude. The pure in heart will be granted access. There's been times where I know the way I was living was wrong. I know the way I was living was whack. And so I tried to tap into the presence of God, and it just seemed like I was blocked. I don't know how many of you here has ever felt like, like God, I'm trying to pray. Like, God, I'm trying to, but this, this, is, like a, this is like a block. TJ put this tape here for me. TJ said, CJ, TJ's I like God. TJ. This is off tangent, but I recognize like there is so many different ways to praise God. Sometimes we come in here and I feel like we take the lights for granted. I realize that even as the lights are switching in the in the mood, like it's it's so it's a way to praise God through the lights. And I just want to shout out TJ because I feel like TJ does that so well. But TJ put this line here for me. And TJ says, CJ, don't you dare cross that line. Because you cross that line, you get out of the view of the lights and the people online, they have to see. I say, all right, TJ, I got you. I won't cross the line, TJ. This line is a barrier. And sometimes I feel like, not, not even just what I feel like, it's a fact. Sometimes you could be trying to get access to God, but there's like this line that's there that you can't cross. That you can't cross. And then James said, James said, what you have to do, you have to purify your heart. Clean your hands. Sometimes what you got to do is, and again, I can speak from personal experience. There's been times where I tried to like pray and ask God to come in and I just feel like a distance. And you know what I had to do? The Bible says you got to humble yourself. So I get down on my knees and I'm praying. I'm like, God, please forgive me for the way I've been living. Forgive me, Lord God, because I, 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 know, I, I know I've been doing what I shouldn't have been doing. I know I, know I didn't talk to, to, to my wife the way I was supposed to. I know, I know we were arguing. I said what I wasn't supposed to. I, I know I went off on that person. I, I, God, forgive me. I need to be granted access. And God is so merciful. God is so faithful. God is so just. God is so forgiving. God said if you humble yourselves and pray, God, 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 God said he will forgive you. He'll, he'll remove the barrier. I heard this before. They said, if you ever felt distance from God, it's not because God moved. God could be right there the whole time. But what if there's something that's blocking you from getting to him, from accessing him? He said, the pure in heart, I'll grant you access. The pure, who can ascend the mountain? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. 
I want to encourage you. Get in the presence of God. Let him, let him clean you. So you can not just have everything you need, but you can enjoy his presence. There's something about, man, I wish I had better words for you. Sometimes, sometimes you, you ever talk to somebody, be like, yo, I can't explain it. You just got to go experience it. Like, go, we've been in this series. I don't know if you can see the back of my shirt. Right there, it says freedom experience. There's something about, just something about experiencing God. And my hope and prayers to each of you to just experience him. This week, not only will you benefit from it, but the people around you will benefit from it. There's some people who's around me all the time, and they have this thing that they say when they're talking about me. See, CJ could get a little crazy. CJ could fly off the handle. CJ's not always Pastor CJ. And so my, 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 I told y'all earlier, my, my government name is Roland. And so they have this term that they use, my friends use. I think, I don't even know how it started, but I believe it's a misinterpretation of my name, Roland. And they say it's Roly. And so when, I, when CJ start getting crazy, they be like, oh boy, they go Roly. Roly coming out. Guy, get, get, get Roly back. One of my people, they always ask me, like, yo. CJ, did you pray, bro? Because you tripping, bro. I'm like, yeah, my fault, man. Let me go pray. And all they're saying is, CJ, there's a way that you look after you've been in the presence of God. There's a way, that there's something that happens. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. You don't deal with everybody the same after you've been in the presence of God. Can I tell you that the people around you need you to be in the presence of God? You cannot parent your kids in 2022 outside of the presence of God. Get in his presence. Some of you are looking for help and you'll get help. You're looking for, for, for someone to come in and save you. God said, get in my presence. I'll give you a divine strategy on how to deal with your kids. I give you divine strength, divine stamina. Sometimes you just need extra stamina. Sometimes God won't switch it, but he gives you extra stamina to stand in it when you thought you was going to fade away. God said, get in my presence and I give you that stamina. You're not going to go under. But you will feel like you're drowning if you don't get in my presence. If I could just encourage you with anything today, and I'm going to close this. Get in the presence of God. Get in the presence of God, man. There's something that God wants to do. And I, I, I don't know who needs this, but I, I, just, I just feel, I just feel for somebody. Maybe it's for multiple people in the room. God said, I want to give you a divine strategy. I want to give you a divine strategy, something you have not considered. You've been looking this way. You've been looking that way. You've been trying to figure something else. God said, I have divine strategies for you. It will blow your mind. You won't even know how the problem got solved. But you got to get in his presence. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I just want to pray over everyone in this room. 
I want to pray that we come into a realization, a deep realization of our need for God. Of our need for God. God said this. He said, you are the vine, I am the branches. Outside of me, you can't do nothing. I don't know who lied to you or what your situation lied to you or made you feel that you can do it without God, but this is a reminder to get back connected to the vine. Get back connected to his presence because there's something he wants to do. So, Father God, I pray right now for each and every person in this room. I pray, God, that we will humble ourselves for those who need to ask for forgiveness to come back into your presence, to draw near to you. Father, your word says if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. But Father God, I pray that we, that we ask you for forgiveness and that we clean our hands and purify our hearts so that we can come into your presence. Father God, I pray that this week somebody makes an intentional decision. Intentional decision. Maybe they say, God, I don't even know what CJ was talking about, or maybe I do. But I know I need to get back to the schedule and put you on my schedule just to set aside some time for us. Father God, I pray for every young person in the room. There's more distractions today than ever before. A young person may say, why do I need to access God when I can access so many other things? There's just something. Father, help them to realize that there's something that you provide that they can't get nowhere else. May you become the apple of their hour. Be with everyone in here, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.